0: As I do my job, I get asked a lot of questions about food and people very much want me to lay out some sort of diet plan for them. And I won't do that anymore. Today, I'm going to explain exactly why and how we got here. Let's go. Self-care isn't easy. It requires doing hard things. Being uncomfortable is mandatory. It's not for the weak and it's not for the fragile, but that's okay. We don't mind. Because we are weakless. Hey, everybody, welcome back to A Moment of Weakless. This is episode 23. And today we need to talk about food. And this is a touchy subject because my whole job is about trying to break people free from that dieting mentality and get them to do actual self care instead of self abuse. And with any mention of food, I risk sounding like I'm giving people a plan. And those people who have spent a couple of decades, maybe a few decades, maybe more, really wrestling with their bodies and convincing themselves if they could just look a certain way, everything would be great, but they never stop and define what that everything is. Those people want to latch on to plans. And this might be you. You might find yourself in a place where... Today's podcast could spin you out if I did it wrong, but I'm going to do everything in my power to not do it wrong. And um, it's just interesting to me that when I look around, I just see people jumping from one diet plan to the next. They've got a friend that lost 20 pounds doing the whatever diet and they get excited about it and they go off and they get this list of foods that they can't eat and list of foods that they can't eat and the times and all that stuff. And nobody's considering that massive elephant in the room that is their thoughts. That's got them trying to change themselves into something that they will finally like and finally quit insulting. And that's going to make them stop and start repeatedly. And we've been talking about this since the beginning of this podcast, since episode one. And I think that a focus on food specifically can spin a lot of those people out. So I'm going to be really careful today. But we do need to address this eventually, so why not now? So what do I recommend to the people that I work with, like in Diligent Mind Self-Care, the people that I work with on a regular basis? We just really focus on getting rid of junk food. And people go, well, what is junk food? I mean, paleo says it's one thing and vegan says it's another. No, just drop all of that. You know what junk food is. You know what junk food is. If you stand on a street corner and you ask somebody, If they have a weight loss goal and they say yes, and you ask them, well, how do you think you got here? They'll tell you exactly how they got here. They'll say things like, I eat ice cream most nights and I have a sugary Starbucks beverage every morning and I don't do much exercise. I really spend way too much time sitting and I stay up really late. They'll tell you all of these things. And then if you ask them, well, what should you do about it? They'll go, well, maybe I should do the keto diet. And they bring in some sort of complicated diet plan when they just told you what the problem is. That doesn't make any sense to me anymore. You know what the problem is. Start there, address those things. And those things should be obvious to everybody. There's nobody out there that I have ever encountered in my long, illustrious career that could ever say, I think ice cream is healthy. So you already know that stuff, but how do I eat specifically? How do I eat? I eat something that looks like an ancestral sort of diet. I hate to say that word, but an ancestral diet in the terms, like if we were talking about what is the diet of a tiger in the wild, I try to eat like what is the diet of a human in the wild. And that used to be something that I could call paleo, but The dieting world broke that term. So now paleo means paleo muffins and paleo bread and paleo cookies because it just got distilled down to everything that a diet is, which is do eat these things, don't eat those things, and now go out there and screw it up. And it doesn't take into account any of the mindset stuff, the cognitive stuff that goes into it, which means that people can stay in love with food like cookies because they can make them... just the right way to fit the diet that they're on. And they don't make the cognitive changes that would be required to become somebody who just doesn't really care about cookies anymore. So I don't even know if there's a term that I am willing to call it, but I eat a lot of meat and vegetables and some fruit and some nuts and seeds and things like that. And I don't eat a lot of grains. I don't avoid them like no grains, but they are... uh, a lot of starch. And when we think about the way we eat grains, we're eating a lot of processed foods. So I could also say, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I don't eat a lot of things that look drastically different from the way that they looked in nature. Now, I'm not necessarily making that recommendation to you, but I'm saying that I think after my years of research and experience working with thousands of people at this point, that the best way to eat is probably the way that we evolved, how we got here. We all were hunter-gatherers at one point, and we have certain traits about us that make it so that we are attracted to foods that are highly palatable, which is now broken in our world. We can take flavor from things like, you know, sugar beets or sugar cane and add them to other things and make our bodies go, this has to be really good for us. So we got to cognitively and mindfully get involved and override some of those instincts, some of those really deep seated hardwired drives that we have. But otherwise we should probably eat the way humans are supposed to eat. An analogy I've given lots of times is you would never take a tiger out of the wild and throw it in a zoo and give it like 40% of its natural diet and 40% of its natural movement, and then stand back and go, gosh, this is going to be such a healthy tiger. And this all makes perfect sense to us when we look at animals, but we like to think of ourselves as not being animals and being somehow special. So we throw all that out and our own diets just stop making sense. But another thing that you might find shocking is that over the last probably 10 years, I think I have had to focus on calories about five times to my best count. So I could count it on one hand about five times when I've looked back and I've really thought about it, like, who did we have to adjust calories for? And I think about five different people ended up needing to reduce the amount of calories that they were eating after working with me for probably around a year. And it took us that long to find out whether or not calories needed to be adjusted. Otherwise, the average woman that I've worked with is usually under eating once all the junk food is removed. You pull out all the junk food and there's some of that dieting mentality left and she is not eating enough to fuel a healthy body and to fuel the amount of movement that is required to be a healthy human being. The majority of the time, it was an increase in food once the highly palatable junk food was removed, and only five times did I have to look at reducing calories in somebody. Now, here's why. Once you are weakless, once you are controlling your thoughts, you have removed emotional eating, you've removed boredom eating, and you've removed junk food. Once those things are gone, appetite, you know, like satiety signals, those things tend to normalize. People tend to fall into a good rate of food consumption when those things aren't present. So the world at large is out there counting calories because they aren't controlling those things. They have not controlled their mindset at all. Diets don't talk about mindset. So, people still want to eat emotionally, and then they've got to go check with how many calories they've eaten today to find out if they can eat emotionally. And that all needs to be removed before you're ever even thinking about how much food you're eating because we work on mindset first. The first thing we fix is our heads. That allows us to make self care easy. And when it comes to food, like I said, the removal of emotional eating and boredom eating and eating just because, you know, an hour ticked on the clock, like, oh, it's noon, it's lunchtime. When all of that stuff is removed and you've got the mindset stuff out of the way so that now you can actually have a body that will give you the right signals with enough time. And I'll come back to that in a moment. You end up at a place where the amount of food that you eat is right? It's the right amount of food for you. Now, please don't confuse this with intuitive eating, which I think is kind of a joke because I'm not saying that you're going to eat intuitively. But maybe kind of you could say that and it might work quite a ways down the road. In the beginning, virtually everybody that comes to me is a bit metabolically broken. If you've got a bunch of extra body fat to lose, You are, to some degree, metabolically unhealthy. You can't eat intuitively in the beginning. You can't just eat because your body's telling you that you should eat right now. Because your body's going to tell you all the wrong stuff. It's going to tell you that it wants food all the time throughout the day, lots of snacks and things like that. And if you go too long without food, especially processed carbs, it's screaming for more. And those are called cravings. Because you've taught your body that carbohydrates, especially processed carbohydrates, are the only thing that really are food and you don't access your stored body fat very easily. So in other words, you don't access your batteries. And metabolically, you're just not healthy enough to trust the signals that are coming in from your body. So how do we get to a place where we can trust our bodies? And we could, I guess, call it intuitive eating, but I got to hate that term because it's just been so broken by the intuitive eating people that think that don't vilify any foods, just listen to your body. I've never, ever seen that work. Not one time have I ever seen that work for anybody because the mindset stuff is broken and the metabolic stuff is broken. So you just can't trust anything that's coming in. But how do we get to a place where we can trust what's coming in? That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of time, at least six months for virtually anybody and probably a lot longer and it's not that you can't get metabolically healthy in that amount of time it's that you can't get your mindset right in that amount of time but when you can pull all of the emotional eating and all of your reasons for eating that involve thoughts instead of nourishment when you can get to that place then you just simply have to get metabolically healthy and it's pretty easy it just sort of naturally happens You've already pulled out the junk food because you want to treat yourself well. You care about yourself. You want to treat yourself like you are somebody that you really like. And you know that junk food isn't really doing that. And you're not eating for emotional reasons because you're not running away from the things in your head. You're not running away from that bully or, you know, stress, rumination, social comparison, perfectionism, whatever it is that's going on in your head. You are now weakless. You're looking right at those things and you can be uncomfortable do all of that. And what you'll be left with is healthy food. And when you're left with healthy food, then you can just do some little things like pull out snacking, or maybe introduce some intermittent fasting where you're kind of shortening up the window of time that you eat in. So you're giving your body more time to create metabolic flexibility. And that is not something that somebody needs to mess with in the beginning. There's no point. If you're still eating for emotional reasons. Intermittent fasting will just be another diet for you, but you can do those things downstream and sort of speed the process along. But even if you don't speed that metabolic health process along, you will likely end up in a really good place just by choosing the right foods and then eating for reasons that involve your body, not your mind. So this really isn't complicated. And I think that dieting complicates the whole thing. So as I said, all the way back in episode one, I created a diet that worked like a miracle. And right now I'm describing for you all of the reasons why people didn't stick it out. So you're either going to fix these things, or you're going to continue to jump to the next exciting diet when you quote, fail at the last one, which really means quit. And you're going to continue to quit over and over again because of that elephant in the room. So this process absolutely works. I've seen it now more times than I can count. We do it every single day. We walk people to this place. It's not easy, but it's a simple concept. And the, the hard part is always going to be the mindset stuff. You are going to have to change your head. You're going to have to drop the outcome focus. You're going to have to get to something that's actually self-care instead of self-abuse. And all of that is going to require a certain level of mindfulness. And then you actually becoming weakless you actually getting to that place where discomfort is not something that you are running away from on a regular basis. So the constant focus on food, first things first, like I said, it spins people out. It takes them right back to that dieting mentality that they've programmed themselves to live on over many decades. So you've got to shake that off. And a focus on food in the beginning really can can mess that up and then once you're starting to make those shifts then you can do the physical things like pulling out junk food and not eating junk food for those emotional reasons i really just don't see any reason why anybody needs a plan of any sort in any time less than six months but usually it's more like a year just because you've got to have the time to go out there and run the grand experiment And your body's a little different from mine and it's a little different from everybody else's. And you're going to have to experiment with some things. Your body might not like dairy. My body likes dairy just fine. Should you go experiment with that today? No, there's nothing to learn there. There's nothing to learn until you can be consistent. And you're not going to be consistent until you're doing all of this for the right reasons. So your focus right now should be solely on being weakless. And if you can get there, if you can get to that place where you're not running from discomfort anymore, then you will be able to stay consistent with whatever you're doing. And the grand experiment that is self-care will provide you with questions to ask. You will probably tinker with those things for years to come, but it won't be because you're trying to lose weight because God, I got to lose weight because something's going to happen. It'll be because you need to take care of yourself. Sure. Weight loss will happen. But it won't be your focus. And chances are, you'll only notice because of things like your clothes fitting differently or somebody telling you that you look different. And it won't be that big of a deal. You'll be like, hey, that's cool. I mean, that's icing on the cake. But I've got way bigger fish to fry than just getting smaller. I need to take care of myself. My drive to get smaller was always based on the fact that I didn't like myself. And I do like myself now. So let's make this life awesome. Let's let weight loss be one tiny little thing in the grand scheme of everything awesome that I've got going on. And now I've just described the only people that I ever see actually make it. The only people that ever actually get on this lifelong journey and do this for the right reasons and truly do something that other people look at and would call success. But the person doing it doesn't really call it success because there's no tape that you run through. You don't, you know, win one day. You're just doing all of this to make your life better One moment at a time, and it creates an amazing life, a life that you're proud of on your deathbed. So that's what I want for you. And I hope that I've been able to create some clarity, although I know for a fact that this podcast did not provide the answers that some of you were looking for. Some of you got on this one and really, really hoped, just by looking at the title, that I was going to tell you exactly what to go eat and when, so that you could do that for a little while and then see if the scale would tell you if you're valuable yet. And I will never do that for you because it doesn't work. And if you don't believe me, all you've got to do is look at your own history and then step outside your door and look around the world. As usual, I just want to get you thinking. You need to be working on your mindset first and becoming weakless so that you can do all of this for the right reasons. Also, as usual, if you want to jumpstart on this and get access to the Weakless Challenge, which is where the real work happens in the beginning... You're going to want to dive into the Discomfort Zone Workshop. The link is in the show notes. Go out, kick this stuff around, and we'll talk soon. Take care.